Ray Podcasting is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I am your co host, Lucia Julio. And I'm Janet in Toronto. As per usual. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Lucia. Hello, Janet. <laughs> we have to play extra nice now because people are worried that we're not friends anymore. Yeah, they're worried that, like, this could be the end of this pairing. <laughs> um, we scared people on the last podcast. Yeah, it's okay. We're still friends. We're still friends. We're still friends. <laughs> and um, I'm very glad we are because that means we get to talk about Geostorm today. Uh, can I tell you how excited I have been to talk about Geostorm? This movie is incredible. <laughs> it's incredibly bad, like fantastically bad. And I'm going to like admit to you that I actually watched it a second time. Oh, wow. You are brave. <laughs> because it's so bad, it's good. <laughs> it's one of those movies that it's so how bad it is you can't believe it got made yeah absolutely in fact I wanted to watch it a while back for the podcast how did this get made because they covered it it's just so crazy the story of it and the budget of it and the the end result of it everything about it is completely bananas it is it's totally bananas so I like to say that geostorm is a shit storm (laughs) yes it is And, I mean, that's why we picked it for our quote-unquote So Bad It's Scary episode, as yesterday was Halloween. Yes, that's right. So it's uh, it's our Halloween pick, even though it's not a typical Halloween pick, <laughs> but it is pretty scary, so. Yeah. Um, okay, so the box office, how did this do, Janet? Well, so the budget was $120 million, <laughs> so they had a big budget. It was produced by uh, Warner Brothers, so they had the backing of one of the biggest studios mm-hmm. in Hollywood. However, it is estimated that Geostorm lost approximately $72 <gasps> million. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the box office uh, ended up being $221 million, but there were so many problems with this movie. Uh, they had to do a lot of reshoots. In fact, they even brought in a different screenwriter and a different director to oversee the reshoots. And apparently they had to reshoot a lot of the movie. Like, I read somewhere that it was over 60% of the movie had to be reshot. It was testing so poorly with test audiences that because of all the reshoots, the budget just started getting more and more bloated and it just wasn't able to recover the money. Right. So the $120 million is just estimated, right? Like, that doesn't include... Yeah, it's estimated. Like, okay. I don't think that includes like all the reshoots and, and all of that. Incredible. I didn't realize that it lost that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's a big loss. Like even for, you know, 
a big studio like Warner Brothers, that's a huge loss. Yeah, so I'll go on with the synopsis. The network of satellites designed to control global climate starts to attack Earth. It's a race against the clock for the satellite's designer to uncover the real threat before a worldwide geostorm wipes everyone out. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I can't. It's so, it's just so funny. You know what I thought was just from start to finish, there's so many things, but why did they name the satellite Dutch Boy? (laughs) It's crazy. There's no explanation of it. Yeah, I think you're right. But that's the point. The satellite is not supposed to be volatile. It was just, like, tampered with. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Swiss boy. There you go. Yeah. Because the Swiss are, like, they always say Switzerland is a neutral country. For sure. You're right. Um, (laughs) Did you know that um, some of the other satellites, like some of the smaller satellites, have the names, they're named after Gerard Butler films? No. (laughs) One of them is called Rock and Rolla which was a movie he was in. And then another one is called Mount Olympus, I guess, based on Olympus Has Fallen. But these were satellites that were in the movie? Yeah, yeah, you can see them on the the big screen when they're... Oh my gosh, I totally missed that. I did too. I read it. I read it later. I didn't see oh, it okay. when I was watching. Oh, I feel like I have to go watch it. <laughs> oh no! Don't do it! Don't do it! <laughs> wow, that is such a... I did not know that. Yeah, I don't know why they would do that. <laughs> Can we just kind of touch on this fact too, though? Like, no offense to Gerard Butler, but scientists don't look like that. Scientists don't look like they spend six hours a day in the gym. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Are are we going to get right into the recasting? I guess we could, yeah. Yeah, Uh, tell me who is a better scientist than Gerard Butler. (laughs) Okay, so we recast four characters, Mm -hmm. starting with the Gerard Butler character, who was Jake Lawson. Can I just say, I like Gerard Butler. His career started off, like, really promising with Dear Frankie. That was the first thing I saw him in, and we've talked about this before on the podcast. But his career has gone like in a weird direction and you know like these are sort of the, the types of movies that he's known for now oh yeah for sure um can um, can we just uh, agree to disagree on liking gerard butler because i definitely don't well i said i liked him <laughs> i didn't say you liked him <laughs> yeah. um so you know uh, gerard butler anyway the one thing that i really took away from his performance was the accent that he was attempting to do. They're in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. And he has an American accent, but that accent goes in so many different directions throughout the movie. Yeah. I don't know what was going on. And I read this, like other reviewers noticed this as well. Like there was something weird going on with his mouth, like the way he was <laughs> speaking. And I think it is because he has such a distinct accent. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to speak with an American accent, but his mouth was always doing, like, these weird things. And it was really distinct. 
distracting to watch. <laughs> Did you notice that as well? I didn't notice the mouth things, but I mean, I think you saying he was speaking in an American accent is generous. There was nothing American about that accent. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like every once in a while, you would hear his real accent creep in. Yeah. And it happened just once. No, it happened throughout the whole movie. And not it didn't only happen with Gerard Butler. Jim Sturgis was the same thing. Yeah, I know, I know. And Abby yeah. Cornish is Australian. Why did they get all these people from other countries to play Americans? Why couldn't they just play from where they're from? Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, the accents, I mean, they're supposed to be from Florida. And yeah. both Gerard <laughs> Butler and Jim Sturgis sounded like they were from, like, New York or something. But, like, I don't even know what borough of New York <laughs> they would have been from. Like, it was just... The yeah. Scottish borough? <laughs> I just love how they tried to explain it away by saying, Gerard Butler says at one point to the British guy on the satellite, oh, we were born in the UK. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot oh, that God. part. Yeah, like that, again, was really, it was odd. It was nonsense. The whole movie is nonsense. Yeah, so just fair add enough. that to the pile. <laughs> okay, so for the Jake Lawson character, I wanted to pick someone who is relatively well-known mm -hmm. and who has somewhat of a name. Because I really believe that if they had cast complete no-names in this movie, they probably wouldn't have gotten any money whatsoever for this movie. Mm -hmm. So for Jake Lawson, I cast... Jeremy Renner. Okay. You know who he is, right? I do. <laughs> okay, so for anybody who doesn't know Jeremy Renner, he's Hawkeye in uh, all the Marvel movies. I feel like that's where everyone will know him from. Also the Mission Impossible. Yes, I was just going to say, oh. he's also, he was in two of the Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise. Uh, he was also in The Bourne Legacy. Right. And he's already done a space movie with Amy Adams. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> Arrival. Uh, he, did, he was in Arrival with Amy Adams. Okay. The main reason that I picked him was because I feel like he sort of could have played that character a little bit more believably than Gerard Butler. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I don't know if Jeremy Renner is necessarily believable as a scientist. Okay. But the takeaway that I got from the Jake Lawson character is that he's sort of this guy who doesn't play by the rules and, you know, he kind of has an abrasive personality, which we see right from the beginning of the movie, right? The character is, you know, at odds with all these different people. Yeah. And I felt that Jeremy Renner is really good at playing that type of character. Mm -hmm. I think he kind of exudes that energy. That's why I selected him. And also, like, he's kind of the right age as well, because I felt like you have to believe that this is someone who's got some work experience under his belt. Yeah. You know, he, he created Dutch Boy. Like, it wouldn't be somebody fresh out of university or whatever that would be able to do that. Right? I, ag I agree. And that's something that they say in the movie, too. I think it's the British guy, again, who makes fun of Gerard Butler's age. And he's like, oh, I thought you'd be younger. Like, why? Why did he think he'd be younger? You're exactly right. He created Dutch Boy. He's not 20 years old. It's so yeah. crazy. Exactly. Like, he's not a pro like a child prodigy, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. he's somebody who, he's like a seasoned scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Even saying all of this stuff 
sounds so ridiculous. It's really hard to discuss this in earnest. <laughs> anyway, I oh, think boy. Jeremy Renner. I think he yeah. would have been better. Mm-hmm. At least he could do an American accent. He's American. <laughs> so can I ask you something? Because obviously Gerard Butler is now known as like a big action star. And so is Jeremy Renner, I think. Did you feel that that role required an action hero? To a certain degree, in order for it to be believable. But what does he do that is action-y? <laughs> um, he rides motorcycles <laughs> and he builds engines. Okay. <laughs> That's what they're trying to tell us about Jake Lawson. He's like this guy, the scientist also lives on the beach in a trailer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they send him up into space, right? So we're supposed to believe that he's, you know, fit enough to go up there. Okay. Even though he just automatically gets sent back <laughs> up there after being retired for like three or four years. Yeah, and let me say, in this Geostorm future, space travel has improved big time because I feel like he gets there in like 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. He got there so fast. Okay, like now we're going to go off topic, but I just, because you said um, in the near future, like that was the other thing that I found kind of off, because yeah. it's supposed to ha- it takes place in what, 2019? I don't remember exactly, but it was, yeah, in it's the only, near future. Yeah, like it's really in the near future, which I guess it is believable, right? I mean, we're seeing more and more extreme weather. Yeah, but you'd think with something like this, they'd give you at least, like, 10 to 15 years, not three years. <laughs> exactly. Like, I felt that this should have been further into the future. For like, sure. Like you're saying, like, 10 years into the future. Yeah. Because they'd have to be working on Dutch Boy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is somebody working on Dutch Boy? We're uncovering some secret project. Maybe Gerard Butler's working on it. <laughs> we can only like, hope. For <laughs> he can do anything. He's been through it before. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's a really good point, Lucia, that I felt the same way. Like, I, I was like, why is this happening in 2019? And then the whole satellite, all the weather problems start like three years later. So mm-hmm. it just, the timing of it seemed weird to me. Okay, so back to my recast. Max Lawson, who was played by Jim Sturgis who you and I both do like. Yes, <laughs> that we can agree um, on. And we were both sad to see him <laughs> in this role, because yes. I think his acting ability was wasted in this role. Mm-hmm. Uh, so same thing with the accent. We just talked about this. He's British, Jim Sturgis. And it's not to say that a British actor can't play American, of course, but it was like his accent kept creeping in like mm-hmm. way too much. It, it was almost like they weren't making the effort yeah. to hide the accent. Exactly, because like you said, like there are British actors who play American and they can get the accent well and you know it's yeah. not that big an issue. But I really noticed it big time with both of these actors that it was yeah. just like I think you're right. I think maybe they just weren't trying that hard. <laughs> I think like the effort was just they half asked it. Yeah. So I selected an actor named Eric Johnson and for anybody I don't know if you know who he is, Lucia, but I for do anyone not. who doesn't so Eric Johnson is Canadian, hmm. Yay. and people will know him best as Jack Hyde 
from the Fifty Shades movie. <laughs> so he plays Anastasia's crazy boss, Jack. Uh, okay. In two of the Fifty Shades movies, he was also on, he was Luke on Rookie Blue. It's a Canadian cop show that was on for a few years, and he was also Flash Gordon Ooh. on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel okay. back in two thousand and seven. For anybody who watched that, he's uh, been around for a while. Like he's done a lot of work, but I feel like now. People, because he's been in the Fifty Shades movies, like now he's had more exposure. He's a really good actor, and I think he would have made a great Max Lawson. And I think like it would have been more believable uh, to see him acting opposite Jeremy Renner. <laughs> like I think you could have believed that they were brothers. I mean, they they somewhat look alike. They're both light haired. They both have blue eyes. Like that was the other thing. I was like, I'm not believing that Jim Sturgis and Gerard Butler are siblings. I mean, siblings don't always have to look alike, of course not, but like there's no similarities at all. Yeah, I agree. Other than yeah. that they're both from the UK. <laughs> yeah. Like it just it seems so random. Yeah. Like I thought they must be stepbrothers. But no, <laughs> they weren't. Like they were actual flesh brothers. and blood. Yeah. Yeah. So Eric Johnson I think could have pulled this role off. Just based on his performance as Luke on Rookie Blue. I used to watch Rookie Blue when okay. it was on. And this is considered an action movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's that element to the role. But then also, I felt Max was a little bit more sensitive. Maybe he had softer edges than the mm -hmm. Jake Lawson role, right? Yeah. And I think Eric Johnson is definitely a capable actor. And he could have hit those spots. He would have done a good job. And I would have really liked to have seen the chemistry with him and Jeremy Renner. I think they would make really good scene partners. I would be interested in seeing that. Okay. Then for the role of Sarah Wilson, mm -hmm. who is Jake Lawson's girlfriend. Max Lawson's uh, girlfriend. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. It's Max's girlfriend. She plays the Secret Service agent. Mm -hmm. So Abby Cornish, I mean, I didn't dislike her in the role. Mm -hmm. And I like her, but I kind of also didn't really think she had much chemistry with yeah. Jim Sturgis. Mm -hmm. Did you? No, I didn't. I wasn't feeling it. Yeah, not at all. So I cast Kristen Ritter in that role. Oh, I like yeah. it. Yeah, I like Kristen Ritter. And mm -hmm. I think she definitely could play that role. So anyone who doesn't know her, she plays Jessica Jones yeah. on the Marvel series, the Jessica Jones series um she was also jane on breaking bad mm -hmm. and i know her from don't trust <laughs> in apartment 23 that was the first time i saw her work but yeah i think she can do those action roles i, I mean that's yeah. what she does on jessica jones right mm -hmm. and uh, i think she would have played that role really well yeah and i really like that pick yeah i like her she's so good yeah. and we never see her i mean yeah she's jessica jones but before that like you didn't really see her on anything. And she's kick-ass. She's really good. I like her. I first saw um, her on Gilmore Girls. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, just in the last season, I think it was, more or less, yeah. I just see that. And then for the last role, which we recast the president, which was played <laughs> by Andy Garcia, totally phoning it in. Oh, God, yeah. Talk so about no I, effort. Listen, my favorite quote from this movie this might be a spoiler. At the end of the movie, when uh, there's like that chase and they find out who's actually been causing all this trouble, mm -hmm. 
Andy Garcia turns to, I believe it's Ed Harris, and he says, because I'm the goddamn president of the United States of America. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that Andy Garcia took this role just to be able to say that. (laughs) It's great. It's so over the top. Yeah. I actually didn't recognize him at first, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. Time has not been kind to Andy Garcia. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing about Andy Garcia is, like, he shows up in these roles, <laughs> and I don't know, like, he was in Passengers as well, that movie oh. with um, J-Law and, uh, what's his face? Chris, Chris Pratt? Pratt. Yeah, he shows up in that movie as well, and it's like, whoa, is that Andy Garcia? <laughs> and again, it's the same type of role where you really feel like he's just phoning it in. Wow. And I want to know why. Because at one time, Andy Garcia was doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? He was a a respected actor. Where did his career go? Why is it in the graveyard with Gerard Butler (laughs) and Jim Sturgis? Yeah, not sure what happened there. (laughs) Anyway, so I got rid of him, and I cast Angela Bassett as the president. Good pick. I want a female president. Listen, if it's going to be in the future, like four years from now, why can't can't it be a a black woman, like a strong, and Angela Bassett's such an amazing actress. Yeah. Like, I would totally buy her as the president of the United States. Me too. Yeah. Like, 200%. She's so good. Yeah. She's so good. In fact, I think they should have cast a female right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I put her in there. Yeah, that's my cast. Good job. I like yeah. those. They were all really good. Well, I don't know Eric Johnson, but I'll believe you that he's good. Okay. <laughs> um, he's from Alberta. Oh, really? I'm going to have to look born, into this guy. He was born in Edmonton. Way to go, Eric yeah. Johnson. If there's one thing Albertans do well, it's supporting other Albertans. That's why ATB created Lender, a crowdfunding platform to help support local businesses that may not meet typical loan criteria. You can help local vendors build up the community through your support. For more information or to apply, visit atblender.ca. That's A-T-B-L-E-N-D-R dot C-A. I'll get to my casting then. Yeah, who'd you pick? Okay, so I know it is technically an action movie. I didn't see a lot of stunts or physical challenge to the roles to any of them really so I didn't feel that it had to be like a beefy Gerard Butler type so for the role of Jake Lawson I cast Chris Messina who I'm not sure if you know who that is he is from the Mindy Project have you seen that show episodes. So he's her love interest in the initial seasons, the will they won't they guy. Oh, I know who he is. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, yeah. He's also in Argo and Sharp Objects. He's, I think, the boyfriend in Julie and Julia. So yeah, he's been around a lot, but he's often like smaller roles and I feel like not a lot of people know him by name, but I do like him a lot. And I, I know who he is. And you know what? I feel like he could play the Jake Lawson anger yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because that's the thing. Like, I liked when you were talking about why you picked Jeremy Renner, how, like, you know, he's a bit of a renegade and, like, you know, won't necessarily follow the rules. Even though Chris Messina is not, like, a beefcake, <laughs> necessarily, I feel like he's got that side to him of, like, where he you could totally buy him not following the rules. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I could see that in him as, yeah, totally, cool. yes. Yeah, so, and I just, I really like him. And I thought... 
I, I do think you make a good point of like, you need a big name to sell this movie. And I don't think I put that in here. But anyway, I'll keep going. Um, <laughs> my Max Lawson, the Jim Sturgis role, I decided to cast Joshua Jackson from Dawson's Creek. Pacey! Pacey, of course. Oh, you gave him a job. <laughs> that was really nice of you. Oh, stop. He's so good. No. Yeah, and he's a good actor, and he's not doing enough. So, yes, I'm glad to give him a job. You know, I bet you if they had offered him the job, he totally would have taken it, too. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's a big studio movie. Yeah, for sure. Why wouldn't he? And I also think that the chemistry between Joshua Jackson and Chris Messina would be fun to watch. I think they would play well off of each other. Granted, they don't look alike, but... Gerard Butler and Jim <laughs> <laughs> No, they don't. <laughs> like, they may be more believable as brothers than, uh, than those two. You know, you and I, just as a quick aside, like you and I talked about Jim Sturgis, right? Because you really like him and so do I. Mm-hmm. And same thing, like he started off really promising. Yeah. Like, his career seemed like it was really going to go places and he was starting to make a, a name for himself and then it just seems like he ends up in like a lot of these movies that bomb really hard, right? Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about Geostorm and, you know, it is a big studio project. My guess is like he did this for the money. I would think sure. so. Yeah. Yeah. And when I saw that he was in this, I went and looked up because I was thinking, oh my gosh, I haven't seen him in so long. He must not have been working. And then I went through his IMDb, his filmography, and no, he's been working constantly, just not in anything that has been famous, let's say. Yeah. Same thing as you. Like I, you know, I was looking at his filmography and then I actually ended up watching One Day that movie that he did with Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Have you seen that? No, I'm reading the book right now, though. Oh, okay. Same thing. I watched him in that, and I was like, I don't know. Like, he keeps taking these roles, and he's a good actor. I think he's a really good actor, but again, like, that movie did so badly. Oh, did it? (laughs) He kind of is wandering around that movie the same way in June, like, with this really bewildered look on his face. (laughs) Like, what am I doing so, yeah, that yeah. bewilderment is probably like, what happened to my career? Yeah, where is my career? He's looking for it. And yeah, so, <laughs> continue. Okay. Um, okay, so uh, moving on to the Abby Cornish role, Sarah Wilson. I have a couple of people for this one, but my first choice is Maggie Q. She oh. is in the Mission Impossible 3 movie, uh, yeah. also from the Divergent series, and she is Nikita in the TV show. Yeah, and she's a badass, and you would totally buy her as a Secret Service agent. She is little, though, quite frankly. She's 5'6". I looked up her height, and I know she can kick ass, for sure. It doesn't matter that she's not tall, but I do kind of feel like a Secret Service agent would have to be a little bit more imposing, maybe. So that's why I was like, maybe I should look at someone else. So the other person I thought of was Gal Gadot. Oh, yeah. I like Maggie Q. Cool. Yeah, and you know what? between her and Joshua Jackson. Yeah, I think so. I think they would have really good chemistry. Yeah, so the thing with Gal Gadot too, though, is Wonder Woman came out a few months before Geostorm, so it's not like there's any way in hell she would be in this movie. Oh my God. <laughs> Gal Gadot, 
God does not need to do. No. <laughs> no, so that's why Maggie Q is my first pick. <laughs> yeah, I like Maggie Q. Okay. Um, okay, and then the last role, the Andy Garcia role as president, I actually kind of took it in the same direction as you. I went with Kathy Bates. Because yeah. <laughs> yes. I also thought, like, you know, why shouldn't it be a female president? It is only a few years away. It seems in the realm of possibility, maybe. Of <laughs> um, and then Kathy Bates is so great. I could tell she's very presidential, if you ask me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kathy Bates. I would believe her as the president. Yeah. You know, she commands the screen no matter what she does. For sure. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that during the movie, at some point, you're supposed to believe that the president is the bad guy mm-hmm. and I feel like Kathy Bates plays a great bad guy yeah that's true yeah that's very good pick thanks yes, I like her yeah I like Kathy Bates she's yeah. good alright so good job everybody good job <laughs> I think you know our versions would have been better I agree I'd like why to see either one of those why doesn't anyone ever listen to us Ugh, like, I know we should be working in casting in Hollywood. Yes, we should. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so I do want to say just about the movie that the release date was pushed back three different times. <laughs> this movie was just riddled with problems. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, and as you said, you know, they had to do a ton of reshoots. Apparently it was only over only a two-week period for about $15 million. You and I talked about this already, but the director, the original director, was Dean Devlin. Mm-hmm. And he's got a lot of credits to his name. But the most, I guess, impressive credit was that he uh, co-wrote and produced Independence Day yeah. back in 1996. So this was his directorial debut. And they said that for the reshoots, apparently, in quotes, it said that he was unavailable for the reshoots. <laughs> so, you know, believe what you want from that. But, like, how bad do you have to mess something up that they end up having to bring in, like, a completely new director to shoot the reshoot? Yeah, and writer. And apparently during those reshoots, they removed entire characters, brought in brand new characters. Like you said, it was something like 60%. It's huge, the amount of reshoots that they did. Yeah, this movie faced a lot of problems, like, right from the start. And like you said, they filmed it like four years before it was finally released and I was also reading and I'm not sure if you saw this but when they decided to release it last year they were really concerned because there were so many extreme weather incidents last year like around the time that this came out like the hurricane in Puerto Rico and there were a bunch of other things that happened and they said that maybe it seemed insensitive releasing the movie like so close to those natural disasters occurring, right? For sure, yeah. But if anything, it just proves that we need someone to build a Dutch boy. (laughs) This is the proof of that. I agree. (laughs) Um, Someone needs to build Dutch boy, like an actual Dutch boy. Well, I think we should call Jeremy Renner and Chris Messina and see what they have to say. (laughs) Yeah, I think Jeremy Renner could do it. He could physically build it, yes. There is one other thing that I read that I just loved and had to share is that um, several of the cast, crew, and extras said that Gerard Butler didn't know many of his lines. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't see that. 
Like I said, it is hard to buy him as a scientist. Now, that could have just been a lack of effort that he didn't know the lines, or it could be that he did not understand what he was saying. Well, it's interesting, even like seeing interviews when he was promoting the movie, Mm -hmm. and so much of the stuff that he was saying about this movie, like it just sounded like such banana, like he didn't know what he was talking about. For sure, yeah. Like he would go off on all these weird tangents. Oh, yeah. It was insanity. It was obvious that he didn't know what to say about the movie, and so he was just saying, like, ridiculousness. Yeah, I agree. And I really believe that this movie was just, like, a big paycheck for both him and Jim Sturgis. Like, I honestly believe that that has to be what attracted them to the project. Yeah, I think you're right. And you know what? I can't blame them. Yeah, like, and that doesn't surprise me about Gerard Butler not knowing his lines. <laughs> it explains a lot. Yeah, it explains his performance in the movie, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, just like I said, those accents, <laughs> oh, that there was just no effort put forth there. For sure. <laughs> um, and then I'll just uh, mention quickly the ratings that I found. So on IMDb, this got a 21%. and on Rotten Tomatoes 13% no way yeah usually Rotten Tomatoes is uh, more forgiving but not this time yeah well every single review that I read because then it became a game for me can I find a positive review for this movie so it became a game and every single review just slammed the movie so hard. Oh no, you couldn't you even know, find one positive one, hey? No, and like people would write that it was, you know, fantastically awful, <laughs> abysmally bad. Just the adjectives were <laughs> amazing to describe how bad this movie was. Yeah, it was but, a beautiful train wreck. <laughs> it is, like it's so, it's, you know what, honestly, it's one of those movies, like, I know when I sat down to watch it, I wanted to watch something that I could just park my brain for yes. two hours. Like, I saw this, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is mindless entertainment for two hours. Mm-hmm. That's how I sold it to my husband. I was like, do you want to watch this movie where you don't have to think for two hours? And he's like, yeah, okay, cool. So yeah. we sat down and watched Geostorm. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because it's so ridiculous. Like, it's such an entertaining movie mm-hmm. on, on that level that there's so much it's just so ridiculous I will say this there was one thing that I loved about this movie and that was Zazie Beats. yeah okay so I saw her name in an article and I've heard her name before who is she and what was she in this movie she helps Max she's like the tech person the, the oh yeah works in his office or whatever okay was so good. I really enjoyed her. She provided actual comedic lines and she was really good. She was the one bright shining thing out of Geostorm. I agree and I feel like she kind of felt like the only person who knew what movie she was in. Exactly. (laughs) Cool. Okay, so that's Zazie Beats. I I liked her too. Yeah, she was good. Oh, I want to say one more thing. Okay, so they quote-unquote save the planet, they stop the satellites at, you know, the last second and whatnot, and they're cheering and they're happy, but millions of people died in this movie. Oh, yeah. This is not a success. 
as far as I'm concerned. And I'm talking about the plot, not about the movie, because the movie's clearly not a success. <laughs> but yeah, like, they failed. Millions of people died through these horrific weather events happening all around the globe. But I guess they counted it as a success because so many more people could have died. Okay. Including Gerard Butler. Because, you know, that's kind of one of the things that irks me about this kind of movie. And it happens often in this style of movie is, you know, this hero, he acts like he's sacrificing himself and he's going to save the planet and, and, you know, ruin his own life in the process or whatever. But he survives. He survives. He comes back. Everything's fine. Yeah. I thought he should have. Uh, we're totally spoiling this for anyone who hasn't seen it, but I thought his character should have died. For sure. Yeah. Like, like for the movie. It should have, that's he, how it would be good. When he is saved, Ugh. I was like, what? Like, no. My but, guess is they did that thinking that this was going to be a hit and thinking that they could make a sequel. Well, someone actually <laughs> mentioned that somewhere. I read yeah, that. Yeah, Dean Devlin said it on set. You know, Ed Harris, too, we didn't talk about Ed Harris, because we didn't recast his role, because mm-hmm. we both thought that he was so good. Yeah. <laughs> Ed Harris Ed is Harris. good in everything he does. Yeah, Ed Harris is great, and he's he's such a good villain. Yeah. He does that villain character so well, and I love Ed Harris's face. <laughs> I love his wrinkled, old face, because that is the face of an actor who actually still can emote with his face, right? That's the face of an actor who hasn't shoved his head full of Botox. Yeah, like, I love it. I love that he has just abandoned all vanity and... Well, just that he looks like a man his age. And when he he has an emotion across his (laughs) his features, like, you can actually tell that it's happening and and what emotion it is. Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love Ed Harris. Cool. Me too. The Alberta Podcast Network has so many great podcasts to listen to, and they cover a huge range of topics. If you're looking for a fun soccer podcast, look no further than The Young Gaffers. Jason and Adam bring you their refreshing, ridiculous, and uniquely Canadian perspective on the soccer world. Listen to The Young Gaffers, along with so many other fabulous shows, at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Now it's time for our segment, Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza. (laughs) Our tech department is not working today. We gave them the day off. <laughs> yeah, for uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> okay, so it is time for Homey Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. So I'll let Janet go first. Okay, so I cast Tony Danza. I feel like this is going to be obvious. I cast him as the president. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, because, I mean, come on. <laughs> Tony Danza. Couldn't you picture Tony Danza saying, because I'm the goddamn president of the United <laughs> States of America. I could see Tony Danza saying that. Yeah, and he'd be such a likable president. Okay, I decided to actually cast him as Decom, the Ed Harris role. Oh, the villain? Yes, I want to see him be the bad guy in this movie. Oh, like I did in Rain Man when I cast him as Charlie Babbage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. You should have cast 
Tony Danza as Jake Lawson. <laughs> <laughs> well, if so, it was like Tony Danza circa, I don't know, 1988, sure. <laughs> yeah, like I was going to put him in that role. I hate to say this, but I feel like Tony Danza would be too old to play Jake Lawson. Sorry, Tony Danza. But yeah. yeah, I think that's a fair statement. I don't think it yeah. requires an apology. <laughs> I know. I wanted him as the president because he's so yeah. distinguished as well. Yeah. yeah. Admittedly, I just saw one episode of The Good Cop in which he is the bad cop. And so I thought he would make a great bad guy in this movie. Right. Yes. <laughs> he's on The Good Cop, which is on Netflix. He stars with Josh Groban. I also saw the first episode. Mm-hmm. Even as a bad guy, like, he's so likable. I know. He's not really a bad guy. No, no, he's not. He's not. Not really. But he's great. Like, I love that he's doing something again. Like, I love that he's got this new project. Yeah, and and it's pretty good. The episode that we saw. It is good. The writing so far seems really solid. Like, I'm looking forward to watching the rest of the season. Me too. And can you admit now that Josh Groban was a good choice? Yes. (laughs) that day because I was like I had so many doubts about Josh Groban (laughs) and if he could pull this off and then I watched that episode and I was like I was wrong I take (laughs) it all back because he's so good I am so surprised because I wasn't expecting that for sure he's super believable and I like the character he plays he seems to fit it really well for sure and you know what it is too he has obvious chemistry with Tony Danza. Yeah. They play off one another so nicely. Agreed. Yeah. I'm happy Tony Danza has a job. Me too. Okay, so we'll watch more episodes of that and report back later. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the last segment that we have is uh, our movie challenge. Our movie challenge. Yes. Yes. We each have a movie to talk about today. I'll go first if that's all right. Yes, please do. Okay, so I saw Rear Window. Um, I just finished watching it today, and it was excellent. It's a classic. For a reason. It was actually on my list to watch this year anyway, because I'm trying to go through the AFI 100, and it's on there. Um, So I'm really glad that you gave me this movie. Uh, I was really impressed with the look of it. It's from the 50s. I think I believe it's 53 or 54. And it is obvious that it's a movie set, that it's not on location or whatever. That's fine. Right. But the, I don't know what to call it, like the cinematography, I guess, the way that the shots are framed and everything, it's so interesting. And it really gives you the feeling that you're the voyeur as well as Jimmy Stewart. And I'd never seen a Grace Kelly movie before. This is the first one. And, you know, I've heard of her, of course, and I've seen pictures and whatnot. But she is so beautiful and elegant and just incredible. I really, really liked it. Now, let me ask you, is this the first Alfred Hitchcock movie that you've watched? No, I've seen Psycho and I've seen Notorious. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I've never seen that one. It's the one with Ingrid Bergman. and I've never watched it. Okay. I liked it, and I liked Psycho as well, but this one I think was better than both of those. I'm a huge fan of Alfred Hitchcock's work. Mm -hmm. I think this is my favorite film of his. Yeah. It was lighter than I was expecting. Like, it did have some levity and some, you know, jokes and whatever, but at the same time, like, especially the last, I don't know, 45 minutes, I was on the edge of my seat. It was very tense, and I really wanted to see where it was going. I wasn't sure. I'm going to spoil it now. Is that allowed? <laughs> it's sure, a, of course. It's a 60-year-old movie. I feel like people have had time to watch yeah, it. Like if you haven't watched uh, Rear 
your window, fix your life. <laughs> yeah. So up to the end, I wasn't sure if that man had murdered his wife or if it was just a misunderstanding and if it was just, you know, because he's cooped up with his broken leg, he's just making things up in his head. Like up to the yeah. very end, I wasn't sure how it was going to go. Yeah, exactly. You know what it, What I really love about that movie as well is that old Hollywood glamour. Yeah, definitely. Like there is just something about that that is so appealing to watch. I agree. They were so lovely together on screen. And yeah, yeah. I love the movie too. I love the colors. Mm-hmm. And the look of it, that's definitely one of my, I think that's probably one of my favorite movies. Oh, nice. Yeah, I I was really impressed. And I do have to say this. So the first scene that we have with Grace Kelly, she's wearing a dress that she says costs $1,100. So... Yeah, so I looked up what $1,100 in 1953 would be now. That's a $10,000 dress that she's wearing. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, because that would have been a lot of money. Back yeah. Then. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She's so elegant. Yes. And she was. She was so beautiful. But even James Stewart, even though he's a bit older already. Yeah. Like, you really see he was so handsome. I agree. Yeah, I yeah. thought so, too. And, and he was such a great actor. For sure. Oh, he's so good, yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. I, I know that you tend to like older movies. Mm-hmm. So I had a feel because I gave you two movies, and I told you to pick which one you wanted to watch, and I had a feeling you would select that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I loved it. Thank you for picking Yay. that. It's <laughs> awesome. So I watched a movie called remember and it stars Christopher Plummer and Max Landau and I believe this was directed by Adam McGuigan. Oh you know what I don't even recall. Who is he's he's a Canadian director I'm pretty sure it's Adam McGuigan. You know what I really enjoyed it. Um, It's very suspenseful. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to ruin it for anyone who wants to (laughs) watch this. Yeah. It's very heavy subject matter. So Christopher Plummer plays a survivor of Auschwitz, but he also plays a character with dementia. I was watching it and I was like, why did Lucia give me a movie with old people? Because I have to tell you, uh, movies about old people always make me cry. Oh no. (laughs) And I don't know what it is. But when I see old people that are sick on screen, it, I just immediately start crying. Yeah, that yeah. tugs at my heartstrings too, big time. Oh, yeah. And I mean, Christopher Plummer Ugh. is excellent yes. in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he's an excellent actor regardless, but he is excellent. So he's living in like a home and the Max Landau character gives him a job to do. Mm -hmm. And he goes off on this quest to perform this last act. And that's all I'm going to say. But, you know, it it was suspenseful. Mm -hmm. And that twist at the end, I did not see that coming. Yeah, me neither. Not at all. Did you? No. Like, at no point did I get any hint that that was going to happen at the end. And I was literally, like, I was watching it and I was like, no! (laughs) Yeah, like, like, I did one of those. Yeah, me too. Me too. Good thing I was home by myself. (laughs) Um, I was shouting at my computer screen. Oh, no. I did not see that coming at all. And that was so... 
yes. Yeah, I'm glad you're not spoiling it because I think that that was a movie that definitely flew under the radar. And I checked and you're right. It is an Adam McGoyan picture and it's on Canadian Netflix. I don't know if it's on American Netflix, but to anybody who's listening and who can watch it, please do so because it really is worth watching. Yeah, like it's heavy Mm -hmm. for sure, but it's so well done. Yeah. And even Max Landau, his character, at the very end, mm-hmm. you're just like, he orchestrated this whole thing, and you really realize at the end the planning that went into yeah. this. Oh, yeah. The cunning <laughs> that went into it. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. Because I don't want to give anything else away. But it is very well done, and I really enjoyed it. It okay. was good. But no... Give me, like, the next movie I want to be light or funny. Because the last two movies have been, like, heavier emotional sort of okay. movies. Okay. Can I tell you right now what your next movie will be? Sure. It's called Sleeping with Other People. Oh, nice. It's okay. it's a romantic comedy with Jason Sudeikis and Alison Brie. Okay, cool. I'll have to email you yours because I don't have oh, my list. Oh, but I have one that you gave me because you gave me two last time. Oh, excellent. What is so it? So I'm going to watch The Imitation Game. <laughs> yeah. With your your love, Benedict Cumberbatch. Exactly. I can't believe I've put it off this long. Oh, I can't believe you haven't watched that. I know. I know. It's it a is. mistake on my part. <laughs> that movie is excellent. Yes. I really, I think you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Yeah, um, yeah. So okay. thank you. Because honestly, I had never even heard of this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it on the plane. It. Oh, really? Yep. It was on the plane. And I usually, when I get onto planes... Anything that I like, I've already seen, and the other stuff on there I'm not interested in, and so I use it to try and watch stuff that I've never heard of. You're brave, because (laughs) a movie like this, I would not be able to watch it on a plane. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sure I cried. Because I would be crying like a a weeping child, (laughs) and I wouldn't want people to be watching me, so, or I'd have to turn it off. Have you heard that, like, I've heard many people say that you cry more easily on a plane. Something to do with the altitude or something? I'm not sure. It's possible. It's possible. And then maybe, too, it's, like, the emotional aspect of it. Because a lot of people already are tense when they're flying, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I I cry on planes all the time. I don't care. (laughs) really? No. Usually when I'm... When I'm on a plane, like, I pick really light fare. Okay. Yeah. Usually if I'm going to select a movie, it's, like, something that's really light. Like a geostorm. Yeah. I don't think they'd show that on a movie. Oh, no, I doubt it. (laughs) People would be freaking out. Yeah. As soon as there was some turbulence, they'd be like, Dutch boy! Dutch boy is an active! This is on the fritz! Oh, dear. Yeah. So our next movie for next month, we're going to do a holiday-themed film for December. And uh, I think this was your selection, Janet. Was it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so we're doing uh, The Grinch, the version with Jim Carrey. Yes, the 2006 version. That is the only version, right? Currently, but there is one coming out this year. Yeah, but it's animated. Right, yes. That's the only live-action one. And we will have a special guest. With us as well. So this is exciting. Too true. Okay, excellent. And so we are repodcasting on all the social media stuffs. And don't forget, if you want to email us, we can be reached at repodcasting at gmail.com. Please email us. Yeah, email us your thoughts about. 
Geostorm. Yeah. If you haven't so watched it, please watch it. <laughs> sorry, Lucia. So would you recommend Geostorm? I mean, I would recommend it in, like, get together with a couple friends and watch it and laugh at it and make fun of it. To just, yeah. like, sit down and watch it seriously, you're probably not going to enjoy it that much. I would tell people, sit down with your friends and make a drinking game out there of you go. Storm. Yes. Yeah, like, every single time Gerard Butler's accent <laughs> goes, yeah. or Jim Sturgis, take a drink. Oof. You'd be drunk very quickly. Like 10 minutes into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think this drinking game might be too effective. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I see, I would recommend it. It's a movie that you just sit back and you mindlessly want to be entertained, mm -hmm. just park your brain for like two hours. I would totally recommend this movie. Yeah, and just to laugh at how dumb it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Janet, for picking Geostorm. No, thank you, Gerard Butler, for, <laughs> for making Storm. Oh, God. I'm going to say it. I kind of hope this is our last Gerard Butler film. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Or, you know, a year from now, we could be doing Geostorm 2. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that the <laughs> flops get sequels. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, who knows? We might end up having to recast Geostorm 2, Geostorm 3. <laughs> we can only Geostorm, hope. <laughs> Geostorm 4. You know, I will say this just really quickly. The one movie that I've seen that I think did this way better was The Day After Tomorrow. Did you see that? I did not. Yeah, that was probably early 2000s, mm -hmm. and Jake Gyllenhaal is in it. Oh, okay. And honestly, now I know why you've seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to actually watch a movie, well, that one's pretty ridiculous, too, but <laughs> it's better than this one. It's well done, at least. Okay. Somewhat. Alrighty, well, thanks for listening. Thanks, yes, Janet, thank for you. joining me on the phone. No problem. And we'll see you next month for yes. Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Awesome. Thanks, bye. Bye. And let me see if I can get this working for once. If not, you're singing it. Ugh, I just got a whoops, there was a problem playing this. <laughs> Okay. Because my voice is horrid. Oh dear. <laughs> oh god, sorry. <laughs> We're gonna have to pause, okay?